Hey, listen and chew on that. And here's what we're chewing on today. Hey, I know I'm talking to three different types of people here today. I'm talking to those who you've got a great, vibrant, alive relationship with Jesus Christ. Things are good. Things are great. Maybe you're at the best place you've ever been. And thank God for that. But there's also another group of people. And you're still in a good relationship with Christ, but you've been at a better place. You're not where you used to be. For one reason or another, things have kind of drifted. You've become a little complacent and you're not where you used to be, not where you want to be. And then there's another group of people here today that you're just not where uh, you need to be at all. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ, or maybe you have, but you've wandered away from your faith. I just want to recognize that I, I realize those three groups of people are here in this room or even watching this service online. And I want to prepare you to move one step closer from where you are. I want you to take one step closer towards a better, stronger, more vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to share a message with you this morning that I'll just be honest with you. I've only preached it one time, preached it one time at my church. And I know that's not usually what guest speakers do. They usually come in with that, I mean, that sugar baby message. I mean, you preached it a thousand times and you know, you know exactly what you're going to get when you preach that message. I'm not doing that. I'm taking a little bit of a risk here today. And I'm going to tell you up front, most of you probably will not like this message. Most of you will say, uh, yeah, that wasn't for me. You'll think that, but I'm praying that you'll react a little differently. I'm going to talk to you about being desperate for God. Hey, welcome to Chew On That. You're listening to a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening here at Life Church in Green Bay. None of those words are actually applying to today. This was a straight one-off. Yeah, this uh, is random. This is a random, a random event. Uh, it is. It is it, we had a we had, we had a special guest, mm-hmm. Pastor Kendall. Yes, Ugh. what a guest. And man. he was just here, I mean, not so long ago for the Rise After the Fall yes. series that Pastor Sean and Sonny had. Um, and he was so good yes. that I think they were like, you need to come back, mm-hmm. do your marriage conference, and then Pastor Kendall, will you please speak? Yes. Yeah, Pastor Pastor Kendall's really cool. I'm yeah. going to say that. He's cool. Like, when Pastor Kendall's around, I want to be a little bit cooler because, like, I know he's cool. Yeah. If that makes any sense, like, like when Pastor Kendall's in the room, I like, I like, yes, straighten up my like, clothes, what's like, up? like, what's up, man? Because <laughs> like Pastor Kendall's super cool. Yeah, he and and I, I was at the marriage conference, and even the marriage conference, he talked about some stuff that I was like, he talked about scars, and I was like. Whoa, like it was really, 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 really good. And so, yeah, I think you should come more often. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say that. And I'm going to yeah. let that out there. And if you agree, email us uh, <laughs> either uh, Keith at lifechurchgb.com, Dallas at lifechurchgb.com, or Megan at lifechurchgb.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? Email all of us at the same time. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So just group us all yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if people still do emails. Like, if people listen to that and they go, email, really? Like, what, maybe I'll just text you what or do you, something. What else do you do? I don't know, text or. Or instant message. Okay, this is going to be off topic and I'll get us back on. Uh, In order, how do you like to receive information from someone? So call, text, email. Time out. Yeah. At work or is it a a social event? Social event. Social events different than, vastly different than my work. Put it in order. Okay, so if it's a social social event, just text. So text is one. There's none other. 
Oh, okay. Work event then. I want to see you put I want that in order. Email. Email. It's so got to be email one. and make that header really blatant. What's number yeah. two then? Uh I would I would I would say email again. <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to put them in order. No, okay. I know what your number two would be. Keith expects sometimes a handwritten letter like delivered. Honestly, Pastor to Sonny, his office. Pastor Sonny uh handed me a a a, a, a thumb drive mm-hmm. uh, for her, for her son's podcast to put her son's podcast on that he recorded over the weekend. And it was a handwritten note. And I'll tell you what did the job right away. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> handwritten note was on my desk. Same. Oh yeah. I got this. All I right. can load that up for you. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Handwritten I- note. And then I would say text, Text is going to be 50, 50 if that job's going to get done. Same. I would actually concur with you with a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It was a wake up call for me coming to work here mm-hmm. because everyone texts here. Yeah, like, yeah. like we send files through text and I'm sorry for both of you that I now do that because I was an email person before I came here. Email. email. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah, you, want so it, if you want it done right, it's an email. At work anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe I'm to blame for this because for me, I want to call. <laughs> Because then I'll handwrite it. I'm very weird like that. Okay. I'd rather handwrite it than text it. Uh, then a text, then email. And if you look at my email box, you'll see that why it's number Don't three. Don't send Dallas an email. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, call me so if, you, if, you, if you can call me. If not, text me. But if but if you need to attach some files, <laughs> email me. Yeah. You know what I don't like? <laughs> and this Marco Polo. Uh, yeah. Don't say that around here. I know. I'll say it, I'll say it around here because people people on staff have go, I marked you a couple days ago. I'm like, <laughs> That's funny. Okay. I On my way I here this morning, this I opened up my Marco Polo and I just saw this and I was like, yeah. I can't. I can't. Oh I said that out loud. I was like, of, I can't. She has a lot of underwriting. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, haven't I paid, love you all. I, I haven't and, paid for Marco Polo, so, so I have to listen to this in real time. Oh, no. See, I pay for it and even still, I have so many. And here's my problem is if you send me a Marco Polo, I want to give you a a really good response. And so I kind of have to be in the right headspace for that. Yeah, me too. And it, I typically know what the Marco mm-hmm. Polo is about, right? Like mm-hmm. I know what's coming at me. I'm pretty sure about it. It's like, I need to be ready for it. Where if you just take me off guard, then you're just going to get my, you know, here's whatever. the thing, Megan, we're, we're like what, 10, 10 years apart, 12 years yeah, apart. Yeah, we are, we are, you, I don't think that bodes well for you because I think you're closer to my generation of, yeah. uh, of how you like to respond in the workforce <laughs> than it is your own. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to find out who on that list listens to this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> their Marco Polo's be like, I guess you don't like these. Uh, uh, yeah. This will be my, my last one. Know. My friends, no. Even Sonny yesterday in the meeting was like, uh, did you see my Marco Polo? The, yeah. the first one or the second one? I was like, so, nope. Sonny loves to Marco Polo and God bless her. Like she, she she Marco Polos me and then texts me, I just Marco'd you, please yes. watch. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. it's like, that's the best way yeah. at this point to communicate with me if you want to do the Marco thing. Several just fu- and then, oh, points of Every time I read it, I'm like, why don't you just text me then at this point? I'm reading your text. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll bring us back is, <laughs> so I like to call and he obviously wasn't on the list. So my mindset is to go, oh, I, he's not answering his phone. I'll go find him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll go to his office and I'm like, well, I tried calling you didn't answer. So here I am. <laughs> yeah. So. That'll get the result. That'll get the that result. Is, that's honestly yeah. probably the most effective so. way. Anyway, so we all have different forms of communication and you wonder mm-hmm. why there's miscommunication, whether, whether that's in your yeah, it's, office it's like, or we your want, home. We always talk about like our, our introvert, extrovert. That's a real hot thing. Like yeah. the last couple of years, like, oh, I'm an extrovert. Yeah. I'm an introvert. Yeah. I'm an extrovert. Introvert or uh, 
And then, and then the, I remember a couple of years back, love languages was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like you got to figure out your love language. You figure out your wife's, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like, no one ever says, how do you like to just get, talk? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like that's a big one that should be talked, like yeah. th- that we, we should, should be getting there. on board with. Yeah. Like there should be a test to figure out how, mm-hmm. how you like to receive communications. Yeah. I've spoken a couple times. You spoke at the men's retreat. Did you ever start your message off by saying, you're probably not going to like this? No. <laughs> I've no. never done that either. No. <laughs> no. And you know what was funny is I kind of thought like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm pre- I was prepared to not like the message, mm-hmm. but I loved it. I'll t- yeah. Well, so I, I, I lead a small group, a weekly small group, and there's anywhere from 10 to 30 people show up for yes. it. And one would one could say it's a church, right? One could say it's very Oh yeah. There's a sermon at like I have an I have an idea coming into it. And I have led started that group with I knew this was going to be a tough scripture. Yeah. And in the back of my head because it's like a biblical study, in the back of my head I'm like I know it's going to be difficult, but I bet you we're going to be here 30 minutes longer so than we good. all planned. Yes. You so know? Good. Yes. So yeah. I have said that before. The mm-hmm. I, I I, I don't know if anyone's if anyone's gonna have a, a, a an idea on the, on this one or, or, yeah. or talking points on this one, but in the back of my head, I'm like, I know they're gonna. I think yeah. sometimes that's why we say we're a church for everybody, but not for anybody, anybody. Yep. because it's kind of it's that challenge of are you willing to challenge yourself yeah. and and maybe think in any way. I mean, life church for someone who grew up Catholic could be kind of that that shock, right? So maybe this message for you was kind of that. That shock or took you off guard, but oh, I'm so excited to talk about it. It reminded me of making progress and not stopping. Mm. Like, you know, I I had a great landmark. You know, I've I've talked about the weight loss thing, but I had a great landmark this week where I had to buy smaller jeans. There you go. And and that was a great landmark for me. But here's the reality. I can press on my stomach. Still a little squishy. Mm -hmm. So there's progress I still need to make. Yes, I'm in a smaller size, and my T-shirts fit a little better, but there's still no definition there. And so I love how he was like, yes, we're all at these places in our lives, Correct. but I think we can go a little deeper mm. and I think we can get a little more desperate mm-hmm. for God. And so like, like that made me, re- that, that's how I correlate it. It's like, yes, I'm making good progress, but there's more. Yeah, and there's more, and so I think that's. I, I think our Jesus journey is 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 really good to relate it to a weight loss plan. Yeah, because in the beginning you, you shed pounds. Yeah, because you have some you have people, and this is a fact. I mean, in the beginning of your workout, your body's not used to it. It, mm. it starts getting into like a, oh, what am I doing? Oh, we're gonna start burning calories, yeah. and then you have so many extra calories, so much extra fat to burn off that you yeah. just shed pounds. It's then when you get when you get further along down the line to mm-hmm. to drop five pounds, very difficult. Yeah. You know, yes. and, and our Jesus journey is very much the same. In the beginning, you're going to have so many yeah. aha moments, so yes. many, oh wow. my goodness moments. But once you're in this for a while, it takes a lot to get your heart rate up yes. like you would Dang. in an exercise. It takes a lot to do that. Uh, whereas I used to be able to run a half mile and oh my gosh, sweating and I'm dropping pounds every week. Yeah. Now I have to run three miles yeah. before my heart even starts Wow. And I have to do it faster. I have to do it harder. So that, Pastor, so what you just said, that's exactly accurate. I, yeah. I think that that's one of the better analogies uh, with our Jesus walk is that, yeah. you know, once you're in this game for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, 10 jumping jacks ain't going to do it, my yeah. friend. Yep. You got to make, make a plan, bro. Yeah, I love it. This desperate need for God, it stems from already having a relationship with him, but wanting more. So where does it come from? In Psalm 63, verse number one, it comes from this verse. You, God, are my God, 
and earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. This was David's cry. I'm just, I'm earnestly seeking you. I long for you. I thirst for you. David's language, it wasn't just poetic. It was desperate. He wanted more of God. And I hope and pray I can stir something up in this place today where you'll want more of God more than what you have right now, that you'll move a little bit closer. The sons of Korah had similar things to say in Psalms 84. They said, we long and yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Pastor Sean was talking about crying out to God earlier. These verses, they don't just talk about Old Testament writers who want more of God. These are men, men who wanted more of God. So what does being desperate really mean? What am I talking about? Well, if you look at just the definition of desperation or desperate, you would get the first definition would be something like this, feeling or showing a hopeless sense that a situation is so bad to be impossible to deal with. Well, that's not us. As followers of Christ, that's not us. We're not in that hopeless situation because we believe with God all things are possible, right? But you know, there's always more definitions and variations of definitions. What I'm talking about is having a great need or a desire for something. And that great need and that desire is more of God. Now, if we don't feel desperate for God, then we're not inclined to cry out to him. And when we don't cry out to him, it leads to complacency and apathy and eventual spiritual death. Am I desperate for God? Am I so desperate for his presence that I cry out to him? There's a couple layers to this. And I think the first thing is uh, probably recognizing that you have a need, mm-hmm. right? Like, yes. and, and as Pastor Kendall says, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not going to you're not going to realize that need, right? So, so it's kind of that first step of Realizing, okay, I am broken. Yes, accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And now developing that relationship with him that causes you to have this response. Um, And the next part of that is getting to a point where you go, I don't care what anyone else says because I want more of God. And that can be a big hurdle. Um, I know it definitely was for me just in my Jesus journey of getting to the point of being like, I honestly don't care what anyone else thinks because for a long time I did care what everybody else thinks. And that is a way of like kind of self preservation as you grow up, right? Like you, you are kind of taught, you got to stay in these guidelines and it is important what teachers or parents or friends think and, and you're developing, but you get to this point with your relationship with Christ where those things have to be put down, where you go, I'm willing to do the crazy thing because I feel like it is, it is the only thing that will sustain me. The scripture he uses was Psalm 63. And he, you know, he says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you and my body longs mm-hmm. for you. But here's what points out, uh, really stuck out to me in a parched and weary land where there is no water. Yeah. So he realizes <laughs> that this world can give him nothing. This world is parched and weary and it has no water. There is no substance in this world. And so I think for us, to get desperate, we have to realize that there's nothing this world can give us that will compare to what God can give us. So that is like mm. that desperate that we need is, is realize I can't get it from that relationship, from that substance, from that lifestyle, from that mindset. I can only get it from him. Everything mm. else, I'm parched still. I'm weary still. But with you, when I, I my soul thirsts for you. Mm. Nothing can compare to it. 
nothing satisfies like you satisfies. So like that's, I think, another point you're saying to be desperate is you have to realize that nothing compares to him. And so therefore nothing can replace him. Yeah, so good. Uh, So, I I, okay, so I have a question, I I, I guess. Um, Is it, do you think that it would be, it's failing as, as a Jesus person, as a Christian to constantly be in a, in a source of desperation? Mm. So I, what, what I mean yeah, is flesh like, that up. is so like, I guess society would have you believe that, that, um, that in, in a source of desperation, you wouldn't really have your marbles together. Mm. And he's going to say, wow. He, in, as as the as the sermon moves on, yeah, it's that uh, when we have afflictions, mm. when we have and afflictions are are for generally most mostly defined as not great things, yeah, right. You know, they're temptations, they're uh, addictions, they're um, so this this idea that to be desperate for God will come from or stem from affliction. Wouldn't you always then? want to kind of be in a bad situation? <laughs> That's it. Well, I think, I don't think anyone wants to be in a bad situation, but but like he says in the message, we realize, I mean, going back to Psalm 63, that our surroundings is, is it's just, it's not great, but he is great. And so therefore, no matter what situation I'm in, I can focus on him. And I think that to me is how I'm defining desperate, mm-hmm. that I you know what? It doesn't matter what's thrown at me because I'm so focused on him. I'm so focused on on what he has for me, what he will have for me, and what he's had for me. Like that is my desire and my focus. And and so really that's what the Christian faith is all about is we are following Jesus. It's not our will or our life. Um, I get what you're saying by the desperate meaning like, oh, we don't have it all together. But I take desperate of, of man, I don't, you know what? It's, there's more. And I want it. Yeah. There's more and I want because it. Because you could see so. how somebody listening that maybe does isn't thinking so hypothetical, mm-hmm. uh, maybe thinking so, uh, what, what's the word? I'm like, like enlightened. Yeah. yeah. Like they're like, <clears throat> so I got to have, I got to be in a spot in order for me to be desperate for God. So mm. you always want me to be in a spot? Like, doesn't that actually show that this isn't working if I'm always in a spot? Mm. Like if I'll take recovery, like if I'm always relapsing, wouldn't it wouldn't it lead you to believe that I'm not yielding results? Mm. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, okay. I want to look at this as like a a neutral party. Let's pretend for a second that I'm not a Christian. Okay, I'm just a I'm just a person. Mm-hmm. Just like I can observe that there are people that follow Jesus, mm-hmm. and I can observe that there are people who do not. I feel like in the do not camp, they are still desperate for things, mm-hmm. still desperate after lifestyle or Ooh. after passions, That's right? That's good. And okay, so for the Christian, they're desperate after Jesus. So it's really just a matter of where we're placing our so desperation. So we're always going to have a form of desperation. I so, yes. yes. We're, we're, we're never going to be idling in a perfect position. No, I don't think so. You're either, you're either growing or you're shrinking. Yeah, and I mean, so the world perhaps gives desperation some different labels because desperate isn't, you know, it's not sexy. It's not cool to be mm-hmm. so desperate, right? Yeah. And I do think that's where as a Christian you go, that's why we like, whoa, we'll put on the tie and we'll come to church and we'll keep our mm-hmm. hands on our lap. And and it's, you know, it's cooler to not be like just a puddle before Jesus. Yeah. 
And, and yet we get to this point where we realize, actually, <laughs> I don't care what anyone else says because I know that I need yes. God. I need that so much that I'm willing to be a puddle. I don't care. And, and I think the thing that I've, I've learned about being a Jesus person is there's no lid to this. There's no lid to worship. There's no lid to prayer. There's no lid to scripture because you could read a scripture one way and go, well, I read that and then read it again and find, oh, I got a new yeah. definition out of it. I got a new result out of it. Mm. So there's no lid to this. Yep. Yep. And so that's where it's like, like there's desperation for the world, but man, it just doesn't fulfill. You've you've reached a lid on certain lifestyles and passions and, and things. And you go, I've done everything I could, you know? And, but God, you go, and some people will think that with God, like, yeah, but how much, how, how long can I keep doing this? It's like, you can keep doing this forever. Well, <laughs> Pastor Kendall, uh, so. he said that in his sermon. He said, I want you to know it gets better as you get older. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was so glad he said that because I was like, you know, sometimes you feel like, well, what happens when I get to the end of the book? you know, or, or what happens when I do all of the things, Yeah, right? You feel like, you feel like the guy in scripture who says, Jesus, well, yeah, I've done all that, but now what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And are you ready to do the now what? Or are oh. you even asking yourself, but now what? Like I've done all of, I followed mm -hmm. all of your commandments, but now what? Because that is the, that is where Jesus will tell you your desperation point, wow. right? And that's what mm -hmm. he was telling that guy where he needed to be desperate in. You need to be desperate enough to sell your, to sell your stuff and come follow me. Yeah. I like, I like that. That's there's, yeah, I like that. Like I came to Christ cause my back was up against the wall. Yeah. If there was any other way to do this and by this, I mean life, mm -hmm. I would have chosen it. I promise you. Yeah. But this was the <laughs> only way. Yeah. This is the only way. And, and as, as my back was, I was in a corner, I was painting myself in a mm -hmm. corner, but as I got out of the corner, I started walking around. Yeah. I started walking around this new life, this new body. Um, to be, to be desperate for me today is to like, I, I, I cannot forget what it felt like to be in that corner, mm -hmm. dark corner by myself. If I forget that my foundation of this crumbles, mm -hmm. that's, and that's just, that's for me. I don't, yeah. I don't know if like that rings true with everyone, but I need to remember what it, what it smelt like, what it tastes like. I can't yeah. forget it. Yeah. yeah. But nor do I, nor, nor do I, nor do I want to go back to it. Yeah, but that remembering that process, remembering where I was, uh, that's the blueprint for somebody else. Yeah. That's the blueprint for somebody else. Now that I'm walking around, I, I I'm motivated by that. Yeah, I I worship like my life depends on it. Yes, because I remember a day when it did. Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting because I because I would say that I started my Jesus journey as an escape, you know, and so and it's and I and it's interesting because. I've heard this, maybe you guys heard this. Oh, Christianity is such a crutch. You know, oh, it's just a crutch. You're just leaning on things. And maybe for some people it is a crutch, but it's not supposed to stay a crutch. It's supposed to be something where you go, yes, I started here, but now I'm here and I'm here. And it's more than just an escape and more than just uh, my back's against the wall. And now it's, de it's developed into something even more than that. Mm -hmm. And so maybe for you, it was an escape or was a, it was a, um, a, your back against the wall and, and, uh, and, you know, and, or, and you're told to do this and, and all these things, but God wants to be more than that crutch. He just wants that to be a step and to go more and more and more and more. And that's why I feel like yeah. desperation is, is going, okay, it's more than just my starting point and there's more than just my middle point, but there's more to this and I want to keep searching so for good. it.
what being desperate for God is. We're persistent. We're not going to let anything keep us out of the house of God. We're, gonna, we're not going to let anything keep us from being in his presence. We're going to keep pushing after him. Pastor Sean spoke about blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, the blind man who stood uh, or sat on the side of the road screaming out, you know, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. People around him said, be quiet, shut up. He was persistent. And because he was persistent, he got the attention of Jesus and he got his healing. Zacchaeus was just like that. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but he was too short. He couldn't see over the crowd. So what did he do? He was persistent. He found a tree that he could climb up in the tree so that he could see Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood that was sick for years was persistent. She knew that if she could just get to Jesus, so she pushed through the crowd and she pushed through the accusations and all the insults and everything that people were hurling against her and she pushed through to get to Jesus. I'm talking about being persistent. Is there a persistence in your pursuit of God? Or have you just kind of settled into, hey, you know, whatever happens, happens? Mm. It reminds me of uh, my brother-in-law and my father-in-law and I went one time to uh, Arizona to go see the 49ers play the Cardinals. And when we got in our seats, we sat next to very like a disgruntled, angry fan of the Cardinals. And what he was angry about is he says, man, I'm tired of sitting next to the other team. You know, he's kind of upset about that. And so there are times in the game where we're rooting for the 49ers, man. We're like, go, go, go. And he was like, be quiet. Like he was, you know, he was, he's angry. He wants to sit next to Cardinal fan. You know, he was like, be quiet. And none of us were like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we could have said, you're right. You're right. You know, we're on this side of the, you know, we're on the fan side. We're at your home. Okay. We're no, they're like, they got louder. Go. And sometimes there were some dudes that would look at him and go, go. And just obnoxiously and stuff like that, because they knew I'm going to be persistent. I'm rooting for this victory. And so God put that in us. And so therefore, if we're going to be persistent for our team's victory, then we need persistent for our victory, that we have to be persistent in prayer and in worship and in, in, in everything. I was telling Keith yesterday, man, there has been people who've come to me and say, you're too loud. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm too desperate. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry. Preach. I'm sorry that I'm too loud, but I'm just, I need Jesus right now. Because if I don't let him in, just like Pastor Kendall said, then I'll get complacent. And then I will allow things to sink in. I have to praise through some stuff. Mm. I got to be persistent enough to see a healing over my worry and my anxiety and my stress. I need to be persistent enough to, to allow my addictions to fall and stay fallen. Like I have to be persistent enough to allow to God to be God in my life. And so, yeah, if I'm going to be persistent for the pack, I'm going to be persistent with Jesus because he put that in me. Mm. And he's not saying one's bad and the other's good. He's saying both are good, but do them at the same level. Mm. You know, people are going to tell you, be quiet in both areas, but keep going. Mm. People are going to tell you, oh, just give up already. Don't be persistent and, and believe God's going to do a victory in your life. Mm. Yeah. And mm. you know, that, that brought to mind for me, uh, when times are good and you're in like the the routine, don't be lulled to sleep 
by those moments. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I, what I took out of this clip. And, you know, when we are being persistent and we're being loud for Jesus, the enemy writes down our number. Mm. And I think Stop. that those are the moments where I get told, be quiet, sit down, you know, sit down, little girl. Mm. Right. And like, it won't even have to come from anyone's mouth, but I'll hear it. Uh, I felt like I actually heard the enemy tell, tell me this week, don't you dare. And I was like, okay, game on. (laughs) If we're going to play this game. Right. Mm. So there are times where maybe you are, you're seeking that persistence and you're stepping into it. But Mm. as you start to open up the door, you're met with that. Don't you dare. It's going to be bad in here. Right. Uh, You're going to be faced with a lot of stuff. Spiritual warfare is going to come at you if you work in ministry. That's what they tell you, right? You're yes. going to you're going to be drowning in spiritual warfare. You better be ready. Yeah. And you hear all of this stuff and whatever, but are you going to be persistent through that and still be just desperate in your pursuit of Jesus? Or are you going to be like, well, guess I can't do it. I'm going to have to sit down here on the sidelines and like take a minute to breathe, yeah. right? Uh, because I'm telling you what, you can't do it. You cannot do it on your own. And Satan is right for for that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you you don't you can't dare. You can't take on the enemy on your own. You need the strength of Jesus and you you need to be persistent in your relationship with him mm-hmm. in order to step into that. So I don't know, maybe maybe that spoke to somebody, but I feel like I can just see like how myself as a as a mom, like you get stuck in the in the routine or the day to day. And it's just this like it's really it's comforting and it's lulling. And it lulls you into a place of complacency. And so you're like persistent for Jesus. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm doing that. But when you decide that you're going to start doing that, there probably will be a voice that comes up against you. And if there's not, I mean, great. (laughs) Keep going, (laughs) right? Keep going. Yeah. That's, I almost forget what, what the, what the, the soundbite was was on. You guys had some really good. Yeah, really, really good talking points. Persistence. Um, when, why, why do most people, why are, why are we so persistent when the cards are stacked against us? Mm. You know, why, why aren't we, why don't we keep that same vigor when things are going good? Right. Yeah. Right. That, that's, and that's, I guess, a, like a, a, an out loud question. Um, myself, I, I am a routine based human being. Mm-hmm. I eat the same thing for breakfast and lunch every single day. Uh, dinner's the only variation. And if I can be honest, it's only really like seven, seven to 10 different dinners I have. Um, I have, I, I've, I've worn the same shoes for half of my life and I just keep rebuying them over and over and over. Uh, my workouts are the same. Um, my, my Bible time, this is where it gets interesting because my Bible time, it's a, uh, it's, there's a bare minimum with what I read and, and the bare minimum would check a box for the vast majority of the human race. Like, oh, that's a decent, uh, no, that's a decent amount of yeah. scripture. You're, you you should be good. Mm-hmm. And, but there are times and that's very frequently where I, I go above and beyond mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as all that to say is that I'm not, I'm not foreign to the concept of, of an everyday routine. Mm-hmm. I in fact very much enjoy it. I dislike change. Uh, but I, I can tell you this, that if, when I just kind of settle back on getting close to God and, and I, I have all these fail safes built into my day, so it is in, almost impossible for me to fall backwards. 
but yet even with those fail safes, I will fall backwards. There are times where uh, the chapter turned out actually to be two verses. And, and that's not to say two verses can't knock you out, right? That, like that <laughs> right. can't knock you on your butt. But when it's, when my prayers before, uh, like before I, like if they, if they're just like a, if they're short and not heartfelt, like mm. I'm cut, I'm cutting corners then. Mm. I'm still doing the, I'm still doing on a piece of paper. You, you're a Jesus person. You say, hey, do these things. You're going to be good. I'm still checking the boxes, but my persistence, I have to maintain at a high level. I have to keep it at a high level for myself because when I don't, um, uh, I don't have, I, I just don't have peace. I don't have, and that sounds really generic, but not having peace for me is like, it starts going down a terrible rabbit hole of, yeah. of, uh, self-doubt and depression. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I am persistent, I don't really have those things. I yeah. don't have those. I have other problems. And, and like Megan touched on the, the accuser, he he talks to me differently mm. than that. He doesn't he doesn't like boss me around. If anything, he tries to convince me because I think my best my best thinking gets me into rotten places. Mm. So he's like, no, no, that's a good he idea. He knows us. That's a yeah. no, do that. Yeah. Do, no, 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 yeah, sure. do that. That's a smart move. It it probably isn't gonna go wrong. I mean, and even if it does, I mean, you can get out of it. Mm. You've gotten out of so much worse. Mm. Just go ahead and try. Just try. No, I support you fully. And he talks to me like he like, I don't know if this if if our listeners have this, but he talks to me like, uh, like he wants to sound like God. So when I am not persistent chasing after God, uh, I start not knowing who's who's speaking, mm. and that's, I guess to sum up my portion of this soundbite is that's what I warn you as a listener. If you're not in the word, I can promise you that there is somebody else also speaking at the same time. And if you're not in the word and you're not chasing after God, how, how, how would you, you're not going to know the difference. I promise that. Uh, The enemy never comes and threatens me like, like, like it sounds like he does Megan. He just doesn't. Mm. He, the, 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 the accuser tries to just get me to be me. That's all his purpose and point mm. is in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, in, 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 in scripture, he, he goes up and up and down through the high courts. He's allowed to be in there. The angels see him. Uh, they're not like, Oh my gosh, it's Satan. Somebody stomp him out. They're like, what's up, man? Like he, so it's, it doesn't shock them that he's in the high, the high courts. He has a point and purpose. God has a point and purpose for him in, 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 in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Even if, the accuser has no idea what that is. The God is God is allowing him to be present up until up until the point he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Up until the point at the end of the story that we all know how it ends. Up until the point where he doesn't. So the accuser for me is always trying to like just show my true colors. Yeah. Like he just wants me to show my true colors. And subtly for me, it, it, my true colors are often shown when. I'm convinced to do something mm. when I'm, you know, uh, he just wants you to show your true colors because when you do that, then, then you're proving his case that, uh, why would God love you? Yeah. If, if, if this, yeah. See God, I told you, you mankind isn't worth your love. Look at them. Mm-hmm. That's how he plays in my life. So I, 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 I like, I like what, I like what you both said. 
Because when I am persistent, I can promise you that I know which one's talking. And one of them is really quiet when I'm persistent. One of them has no case against me. You can go against the, the, high, the high priest and he has nothing on me. Only when I'm persistent. Only, only when I'm persistent. When I'm not, I, hear, I still hear voices. I still hear in prayer and med- I still, I still, someone's, something's there. But I, when I'm not in the, when I'm not chasing after God, I don't know who's who. And that's a scary place to be mm-hmm. when you don't know who's who. Second quality is this, sacrifice. Sacrifice, Luke 18, verse number 22. When Jesus heard this, he said, you still lack one thing, sell everything, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. Now, thank the Lord this isn't a general requirement for everybody to follow Christ. You gotta give everything away. But for this young man, he came to Jesus and he said, hey, what what do I gotta do to inherit eternal life? Keep the commands, I've done all that. What else do I gotta do? give away everything you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. Because he knew that this young man had more interest in his wealth than he did in following Christ. He had to be willing to make a sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice in order to have more of God? Is it your fame? Is it your position? Is it pride? What is it? You've got to be willing to sacrifice something in order to get more of God. And if you're willing to take that step, and get willing to make a sacrifice. I that that's it. That's the reality of it. Is is I think this can speak not just to the person who's a non-believer becoming a believer, but it could be the believer. It could be a where I mean, this person had a routine. You know, he had a he had this consistent. Th- I'm doing all the commandments. I'm doing all the commandments, but I don't feel like I have enough. Mm. So he's like, now you have to do something different. And, and so him saying, sell all your money was like, now you've done everything else. Now try something new. Oh, I'm not really good at that. I don't want to try something new. And it's like, but, but that's what's going to take for growth is you can stay this way. Like I said in the intro, yeah. I could stay just going, okay, you know, um, intermittent fasting, cool. But if I want more, I have to change it up. I have to add something to it and it's going to be uncomfortable and, it's, and I'm not going to like it. I mean, doing sit-ups and push-ups isn't fun. Running's not great, but if I want to see different results. <laughs> those are the only things I do. <laughs> but I don't do those. So, 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 and we can say it to all of us, you know, I, I do so much, but if I want to grow more in, 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 my, in my body, I need to do something different. If I want to grow more in my relationship with God, I have to do something different. It can't just be routine. There's got to be a point where God goes, okay, what are you willing to sacrifice now? Because man, it's getting real. I mean, but because, I mean, if you think about, let's go back to relationship. You know, if I, if I take my wife to the movies every Friday at three o'clock, and after that we do this and do this, she's going to be like, man, this is just the same thing over and over again. Like, yeah, but it's, but we're going to movies, but we're, we're going to eat. And, you know, but my, I know my wife will want something different and, and, and any relationship does. And I think that's what God wants too, is he goes, cool, but let's, let's change it up a little now. You know, let's grow together. Trust me more together. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. I I think that's, then that's, Awesome. I liked how we had the intro and it, it has come full circle. Um, but that doesn't mean that like, as you were talking, uh, Dallas, 
And this doesn't mean that where you're at as a listener, that you're innately failing. No, I, you know? I don't, I, and I don't think that either. And I hope that it didn't come off that mm-hmm. way, but I think sometimes we just have to make that little change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we go, like, okay, I, I'm, I've gotten this down. Like I'm praying yeah. every single day. That's great. Cool. Have you gotten your Bible yet? No, but I am praying every day. That is good. Right. That is totally good. But I think God wants to take the next step mm-hmm. and take the next step, you know? And so I think that's what we have to do is we have to just challenge ourselves and welcome God in more to challenge us. So, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. And to take the analogy of going to the movies and then going to dinner, like it's a date night. Yeah. Right? The, the, the first, how long do you think that that could go? A date night like that. Like, let's, let's, let's talk realistically. Yeah. How long do you think that, that type of date night would go before one of the other of your spouse would be like, I mean. Every I'm, week? Like, yeah. how, like how long before one of the two of you would be like, ugh, do we have to? I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for my husband, probably after the first one, he'd be like, babe, that's a lot of money. Like, we could just watch a movie at home, sure, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> Dallas? I, I honestly, well, that's. I was looking at Megan because I was like, as as a woman, if your husband said, I want to do this every single week as our date night, how long would that last where you're like, I don't, I want to do something yeah, else. Yeah, probably after the second one for me. After but then the again, if we put this in the perspective on, on chasing God, how often, how, as you as a listener or you guys say, you know what, I'm going to do this every day. Jesus, like we don't often say that. No. Right. You know, so, so it's not, it's not like a, we aren't proclaiming this to be, you know, cause when, if, right. if a person hears that, well, we're going to do this every week. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's yeah. just not, it's just every Friday happens to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long for you, Dallas? I think, I think, uh, I think I could go longer than two weeks, but I don't know if my wife could. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I use that analogy is, mm-hmm. is I think, you know, let's just go beyond two weeks. Cause you know, I, really we should be talking to God every day. But if, if I go to God, Every day at 5.30, actually it used to be every day at six, but I had to make a change because I realized I'm not giving God enough time. Mm-hmm. I want more time. So I bumped it up 30 minutes. Uh, and so, um, but if I do the same thing, I read one chapter of, of a book, of the Bible, one chapter of a Christian book, journal, and, and I do that for a long period of time, I think I'm going to just get stagnant in it. Mm. And I think that's where God's saying, cool, now what else are you going to do? But you didn't answer the question. How many weeks? How many, how many weeks? For, we're still on the date thing. That's what I said. I said I could probably you do it for a You said more than two. I could, so I could probably do it for a month. You'd probably I, do it for four. Yeah. I think me and my wife, and hopefully she's listening, I think we could go probably two years. <laughs> yeah. You, you guys probably could. So, <laughs> but with that being said, and this is just a human, a human re- response and reaction to one analogy or it doesn't mean that you're failing if you've been in this routine yes. for a while. Yeah. It actually means that you're, you, you have a foundation of something, but you can also do more or less or something different. Yeah. Uh, Kyle would probably say, Hey, can we watch it at home? <laughs> Shelby would eventually go. Uh, I mean, we, we can just go to eat, right? <laughs> Me and Jenna would be like, as long as there's still movies coming out, we're going to do this. This yeah. is great. Be- so it's to let, if you're at the beginning of your date, with God and you're going to the movies, enjoy it. Yes. Enjoy it. That's where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. If you're getting that feeling like, I don't know, I bet you then do the different. 
Right. Try the different, love the different, but don't, don't say because you do something over and over. Don't tell yourself that I have to do. You don't necessarily have to. It's yeah. when you get that thing in your belly, that, right. that feeling like, Hmm, I bet you I could, I bet you I could. Mm. And if you're actually, if that, if that's the desperate, and that's a subtle desperation, like, like I'm, I'm with God. I, I, I bet you I, you know, I should do more. Mm. That's God saying, yes, but he's not dissatisfied with the time you're spending. He's, you're spending with him before. He loves it. Yeah. He loves it. He's like, I promise you do more. I'm going to, I'm going to probably give you more. I can trust you with more if you chase after it more. Yeah. And, and, but it's okay to be in the process too, you know? And so let me redefine it then by saying is what to, the reason he says sacrifice is sometimes in our desperation, we're getting a sacrifice. And the reason he uses the man is because this man was at a point where he was yeah. doing all the right things but he was desperate. He had to, he, the, the faucet had to get hotter and the pressure had to get harder. Yeah. So you know? he was doing all the right things. Yeah. And that's what he says. I He goes, Jesus lists everything off and he goes, I already do all that. And I do it every day. I mean, do you guys think that we're so far down our Jesus journey trail that sac- the word sacrifice to us does not mean the same thing that it would have I mean, 20 years ago yes. mm-hmm. when you were a new Jesus person, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. now sacrifice, yeah, for us, we're talking about like routine and all the stuff. But if you're still at the point where sacrifice means, hey, you can't go get wasted anymore. Yep. Yes. That's yeah. that's still very valid, right? Th- that was a Correct. huge, huge sacrifice. Correct. Those first exactly. few years were very challenging. Yeah. So yes. like when you develop that relationship with Jesus, at first there's going to be these Big bulky sacrifices, yeah. yes. <laughs> like you're saying, mm-hmm. you drop the weight, a lot of it right away, right? And yeah, as you become more of a refined yes. yeah. Jesus person, you're gonna realize that like sacrifice now takes on a more nuanced state, and and it requires you to be really in close contact with yeah. Jesus yeah. to see what He's pushing That's you good. to do, yeah. because good. it may not even be like necessarily sinful, mm-hmm. right? Some of your sacrifices, but it's just things where God's like, I just, I don't just don't do that anymore mm-hmm. or, or do this now, which requires you like, okay, well, God, if you want me to do that, that means that I'm not going to have so much time for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Right. You yes. know, and, that, and mm-hmm. that is a type Your, of a sacrifice as well. We're all saying the same thing differently. Yep. We are, it, it is the same thing. Cause I think even for me, um, there's nothing wrong with tithing 10%. Like there's nothing wrong with it. It's actually biblical, but I feel like I'm at a place now where I want to go over and beyond because I understand that that's a sacrifice for me to go over 10%. I'm like, I could do stuff with that over, but I feel like because of that desperation and that trust. And Mm -hmm. I understand the the, the reality and the weight of that. I go, okay, God's calling me and my wife to go over and beyond with this now, not to show off because this is my first time ever talking about it. I don't know if the two of you even knew that. And so I'm not saying to show off, but I'm saying that as an example of, I, you know what? I wanted to get, I wanted to trust God more. Yeah. And I yeah. said, you know what? My trust for you, I want to get more desperate Because you're it. desperate. I, and and yeah. that's where I felt like God was like, okay. I love that. I love, higher. I love that because if, um, I'm not challenged like that because yeah. I, I Money has never been a, 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 like, it's never, even when it probably should have been a concern in my life, it's never been a concern in my life. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it's just one of those things that uh, I don't get challenged. So mm. could, could I, could I up it to 25%? I mean, I could, but truthfully, I, that's, I, I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not getting a lesson in trust more. 
Uh, yeah. it, it, that is essentially just a bank transaction. Yeah, and you so, know, and so but, that's the reality. Is 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 there an area in our lives? That is there an are, area in our lives that we yeah. are getting that? I love because it, 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 right now God's telling Dallas, no, I, you just bought a house, man. Mm-hmm. I know you're scared, mm-hmm. and and you know what, son, when you're scared, you come to me. Mm-hmm. So give more because I want you to get a little more scared. So I'm not going through that experience, you know? So you could like listen to a, a pastor or, or, or anyone that you would respect spiritually. Uh, and, and they say, well, you try this tithing and you might be like, mm-hmm. but I, I, I mean, I could, I mean, yeah. is that some, some of these, some of these things you're going to sacrifice aren't the same for across the board. It's yeah. like not a unanimous thing across the right. board. Yeah. That's why Jesus, all he has to say, Jesus has to say is come follow me. Yeah. Yes. And when he says that you will know instantly what you have to leave behind. Yeah. And, and, and oh, that's yeah. the beauty of the statement. Right? Yeah. Like, just come follow me. And when you read his word and you're in that relationship, you will know what you have to yeah, leave. Yeah, because I believe if, if another person came to him after that rich young ruler and said, what do I need to do? It may not be sell all your stuff. Maybe it'd be, you know, uh, hey, you need, to, you need to stop sleeping around. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Because you've done all the commands, but you're with multiple women. I mean, it could be a, a, a number of things. Right. But right. the reality is, are we... Is there something that we are sacrificing right now to be more and more desperate with God? And if we're not, then we got to ask God, God, what do I need to do to get, to be more yeah. desperate for you? Yeah. What are you going to speak to me? Because it could be tithing. It could be Netflix. It could be, it could be drugs. It could be a number and, and, of things. And, and we don't want to joke on that because so. this, yeah. is, this is like, we know there's real, there's real life happening. Yes. Listening. Yeah. The people listening are going through real things. Yes. They're going through. So yes, maybe for me, it's, it was 20 years ago that you said, yes. yeah. hey, you have to, and this is, sounds obvious. You got to stop doing cocaine. Yeah. And so a person in the game for a while, I mean, we would stick and be like, yeah, you should probably stop trying cocaine. Yeah. Uh, but for uh, 20 years ago, Keith would have been like, is there another way? Like, yeah. I like the cocaine. Yeah. yeah. Is there an, so listening to that, yes, there are, so, maybe you do need to stop the drinking, mm. bro. Yes. Maybe you do on yes. a Tuesday night. Mm. Think of bro. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you need to wake up a little bit earlier because it could be legal for everyone, but doesn't mean it should be legal for you. Right. You know, and maybe, that's reality too. Maybe you should stop gambling. Yeah. Give her a shot. Have you tried, have you tried this without gambling? Yeah. Maybe you should stop looking at these websites. Yeah. Have you tried this Jesus journey without that? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you should try. uh, I know, I I know there's a handful of readers here. Maybe you should try. I like that you're reading a lot of books. Maybe you should try reading the Bible more. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a, I mean, that's a real thing. There are a lot of healthy people tearing through a lot of books and, and God's like, I love it. I love that you're hungry for, for knowledge and fantasy and and imagination. But yeah, I kind of want you to have that desperation for those things. I want you to do that with yeah. the word. And ask yourself, I think there's one question that sums it up. What's the thing that's holding you back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Whatever that, that thing is. And that changes. Yeah. That changes. Oh, totally. That changes. And yeah. that changes. There are, that changes. Gosh, that changes almost daily for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, when it's changing almost daily for me sometimes, it always corresponds with my growth level. In Christ. And this is how I'll bring it all back to relationship because God doesn't just want the routine. He wants the relationship. And so therefore he doesn't want to say, but God, I'm doing all these good things. That's great. But I want more than just the routine. I want relationship. 
And so going back to this rich young ruler, he goes, I do all the commands. I do all the good things. That's great, but I want more than just routine. I want relationship. And in that relationship, we'll take some sacrifice and going, I want you to surrender that to me and that to me and that to me. And that is how we continue to grow in a relationship. So. But I can tell you what it is that keeps us from wondering and leaving the God that we love and it's affliction. Wow. Affliction. What do you mean? Pain. Trouble. What are you saying? I'm saying I'm praying a whole lot of trouble on you. No, it's not what I'm saying. But look what the psalmist David said in Psalms 119, verse number 67. He said, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. Before he was afflicted, what? When he wasn't in trouble, when he didn't have difficulty, before he was afflicted, he went astray, but now that he's afflicted, now that he has trouble, he keeps the word of God. To borrow a phrase from C.S. Lewis that he used when comforting a suffering friend, he said, God uses affliction as a severe mercy to help keep his saints from going astray. He uses affliction. Now, I know many of you are saying right now, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another way. Help me. Where's curtain number two? Because listen, listen, there is a paradox in, in the Bible. And this paradox is that affliction is typically an evil in our lives that we experience in our lives, our relationships, and our relationship with Christ and our, our pursuit of God. Prosperity is typically the good that we experience in our relationships and in our life and our pursuit of God, right? Evil, bad, prosperity, good. That's the way we usually process things. However, the tendency is to move towards God in affliction and to wonder from him in prosperity. That is good. Yeah. That is so good. He's not wrong. Um, yeah, I, I guess for me right now, and I, again, when I say me right now, I understand that I'm in a different uh, spot in this race than, than everyone listening. I, I realize that. Uh, me right now, I want to get to the point of, I want, to continually grow without having to get speed up first. And, and I agree with, I agree with Pastor Kendall 100%. We, uh, we, as a, as a people, as a body, uh, as a church, we, we, we have those long, those long growth periods after, after usually after a beat down. And that's just how human nature is because we have free will. We, we, yeah. When life is good, do we stay consistent? And when life is good, not only do we stay consistent, do we strive for more? Uh, like Pastor Dallas said earlier, there's no ceiling on this. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no ceiling on this. So if, if, if my life is good right now today with what I'm doing, my addictive personality would tell me if I do more, it'll get better. Mm-hmm. And it does. And then... I, so I'm like at a point in my in my in my Jesus journey that I would prefer not the be, not to receive the beat down in order to get the growth, mm-hmm. and and I, maybe that's cutting a corner because I am also known to cut corners. Maybe that's known, but I also kind of think that there's a bit of intelligence with that. Like I'm actually trying to cheat the system. Yeah. Like I agree. We we as a people grow from affliction. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 When you, I think of all the, the bad things in my life, would I, would I erase them today if I could? could? Nope. No, I am. I'm right here because of the, the, the result of those things. Yeah. But then as I'm thinking, as I've been in this game for a little bit, like, well, is there a way I can like get the, get, get, get the, the prosperity without burning my hand on the stove. <laughs> Cause if there's, if there's that, if that, if there's that possibility, I, I want, I would prefer the not burning my hand on the stove to get the cookie, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so God, I, th- I, 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 I think God has worked into my life. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah. But you, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta work for it, man. Mm-hmm. It isn't going to be easy. No, it the, isn't going to be easy. The straight and the narrow path is not wide. It is not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't just kind of grab your bike and go take a ride down it. And it's yeah. not just fun. The straight and narrow, it is a hard, a hard path. And uh, pain keeps us very present. Yes. And I think the tendency is to, is to pull out of that present moment and, and what you're trying to accomplish when you're in those seasons of prosperity. You sort mm-hmm. of lose the, the weight. The eye of the tiger. Yes. Mm-hmm. You lose the eye of the tiger, there like like Apollo yeah. Creed told Rocky. Yeah. Yes. You lost that. I think I've referenced this in this podcast not even too long ago. Yeah. I really liked Rocky movies yeah. growing up and still yeah. I, I can't even still today. Yeah. When he goes to when he goes to Rocky, he goes, You lost that eye of the tiger. Mm. You lost that eye of the tiger. And and Rocky did at that point. He didn't yeah. he wasn't hungry to win anymore. Right. He lost he he just wasn't hungry to fight anymore. His life yeah. is his life was so good. He was rich. Mm-hmm. He had all these things that he didn't have growing up. And then he, he ended up getting getting whooped. Yeah. And and Apollo just goes to him. He's training him. You lost the eye of the tiger. They say, uh, you know, like in sports, stay hungry. Yeah. How do you stay hungry? Yeah. Well, you you continue to work out and you you focus on that thing, right? And like mm-hmm. you you stay desperate mm-hmm. after it. And and honestly, sometimes I think. I like that we didn't talk about pain until the very end of this uh, podcast, because I think a lot of the things that we just talked about in the beginning, some of those do bring you pain. Like sacrifice does bring me some pain where I stay present Mm -hmm. in my moment. And Pastor Kendall said, uh, there's blessings that God has for you, but you won't experience them in the comfort zone. Yeah, And that really stuck with me. Uh, did I take that from you? Pastor? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> you acted like I did. You just want to close up the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, where, what does your comfort zone look like? Maybe you're, maybe you went off the straight and the narrow because it's, it's not as comfortable or you just lost that like hungry, desperate feeling for God. Yeah. Uh, last week I talked about this, about the Valley you know, that scene of valley yeah. in Israel, how it's green, you know, it starts off deserty, but the further you go down, it's green and it's watery and things like that. And they believe Psalm 23 illustrated one of the valleys I saw, which was very, very cool. Um, but the thing about Psalm 23, where it talks about, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so in that, it's saying that not only am I going to be with you, but rod and staffs were to they were to correct and to defend. Yes. So therefore, I'm just st- focus on me. Don't focus on this. Focus on me, and I will I will comfort you. I will f- give you direction. I will give you strength. I will give you you know. So, but like I said last week, all the nourishment is down at the bottom of the valley. Mm-hmm. It's all there. And so, do we have to go through pain to to really you know pers- you know to pursue? 
Well, that's where the nourishment is. That's what yeah. gets you to the next part. And so, but the but what will comfort you is knowing that you have a God that will correct you, meaning he'll, he'll bring you in the right direction. He'll convict you. And uh, oh, we don't like conviction. No one likes conviction, but conviction brings co- correction, mm-hmm. maturity, growth, and then he'll, he'll, he'll protect us. Yeah. He'll protect us. And just like Keith said, you're going to come out of it and go, I'm glad I went through it though. Yeah. There's not one bad thing that I've gone through where I go, oh, I really wish I avoided that because God has taught me something through them all yeah. and he's strengthened me through them all and has made me a better leader, a better husband, a better father because of a better friend because yeah. of it. You know, it's revealed a lot of things in me and, I'm, and I go, I didn't like it, but I'm glad I went through it and I know it's going to happen again and I'm not going to like it, but I know I'm going to be glad I got, I went through it. Yeah, the it, it like how it, what I said earlier in the in the podcast the uh, I don't re, I don't regret my past because mm-hmm. it it really it formulated who I am today. Uh, but I also don't shut the door on it either because yeah. when I shut the door on it, um, I then have to keep continuously having to get re. Uh, my hand has to continuously get burnt. Then mm-hmm. if I if I keep that door open just a little bit so I can peek through and see it, I'm reminded to be how desperate I was. I'm reminded that way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's my subtle way of I don't need the beat down to get the lesson if I just remember what it felt like in my in in those times, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I I I think this is awesome. I think that Kendall is again, I, I don't think it's a mystery that I, I think Kendall's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When yeah. he's when he's in the house, uh he's a very um he's a great speaker. He's yes. a yeah, one that you just know was blessed and ordained from God mm-hmm. with how he totally. understands the word, with how he deciphers it, with yeah. his presentation. Um, and he and he's a very uh, polite and humble man. Yeah. So he it is always a, a treat to have him on our property. Uh, and I and I hope and and I I hope that he shows up more frequently because he is one of my favorite speakers yeah, that I've ever awesome. heard. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Chew on That. If, uh, if you liked the episode and you found it beneficial, please uh, subscribe. Subscribing would be really cool because then at least we know, you know you're going to be a consistent person, uh, going to be consistently showing up at this bar. You know? You're going to be a consistent patron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, subscribe. Um, also rate and review. Give us some thumbs up. Uh, we do like emails. If you, if you, if you, if you uh, have any questions. <laughs> or you can call Pastor Dallas. <laughs> you, really. <laughs> you know, I'd prefer the email yeah. on that one. <laughs> we, we, we enjoy it. You just want to, you know, That's give awesome. us a suggestion with how we can improve the show or, or what we could talk about. We do have guests every now and again. Yeah. I mean, I got, I'm, I'm just reaching here at this point. Yeah, why not? Uh, it's usually a, a, an hour, six minutes, and we're at an hour, two. So I think maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm reaching for three <laughs> more minutes. An hour's Stretch good. An hour's good. <laughs> All oh, right. Man. Thank you for uh, listening to this episode of Chew on That. We can't wait to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, uh, see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>